Mark. Hey, Elaine. It's been a funny week, hasn't it? <laughs> Is that why we're addressing each other by name? Yes, uh, we are. Like, like professional podcasters actually do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, everyone, welcome to the honeymoon period, which we have tried in the past and then it just, it didn't work, did it? Yeah, so the reason that I'm starting it without the cold open and doing a little bit of a yeah stilted open is because we've had a pretty challenging week. We're always very open with people on the podcast. We don't come on and go, hey, everything's brilliant, if actually it's been a bit challenging. So yeah. we've had a challenging week, um, lots and lots of things going on, and we're very, very tired as well. We did not have any sleep through the night. Um, we've managed to catch up with a bit you've gone and had a lie down I've gone and had a lie down but yeah it's safe to say at three o'clock in the morning both of us were sort of really trying to keep each other going whilst our son had um, some sort of laughter moment uh, a bit like the Joker just wouldn't wouldn't stop laughing thought everything was hilarious yeah I'm I'm not laughing at that at the minute no I'm I wasn't pretty laughing grumpy. at it I might, <laughs> might surpass myself on the knobometer today uh, <laughs> and I've got things to talk about that I genuinely quite like but uh, yeah. yeah so we, uh, it's just a warning to everyone we, we might be a little bit more low key today um, the jokes might be um, worse than usual and or yeah. better or, well you just don't know do you yeah uh, but the other thing to say is that we've had a number of and it's incredulous only mark can see my face my face is like what a number of new listeners like yes. quite a few new listeners so we just wanted to say hello to anyone who's joined the podcast recently the honeymoon period has now been going for over two years can you believe it and the reason that i'm reminded of sort of the the time scales is because we were featured in the guardian on our wedding anniversary, which was also this week. It was a, a, a bright light in a, in a difficult week. Yes. And it's been two years since the piece in The Guardian came out. And I thought it would be useful to just reflect on that for, for a moment, because it that's really where everything sort of kicked off for us. Yeah, I remember, I remember going out for lunch. We went out for a nice Sunday lunch, I think it was. Might sounds, have been Saturday. sounds like us. Well, let's work out the date. Yeah, probably. Sunday mm. or Saturday. It was a weekend anyway. And as we all want to do, I said, I'm going to go for a little lie down. <laughs> still still happening now. Yeah, still painting the picture. Um, and you run upstairs going, it's been in, it's been in, it's been in, it's been in. Because obviously we knew that it was happening. We had photographers come around to our house and everything mm. like that. But we were waiting for a fair while for it to appear. Um, and then we just sat there refreshing and seeing what people had put in comments and seeing what people had tweeted out about mm. it. Vanity searching, essentially. Yeah, 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 definitely. People normally are ashamed of that. Not us. Not no, us. No, no, no shame here. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I thought it would be interesting. I was looking back at it because I haven't looked at it for a while. I thought it'd be interesting just to see sort of what we said two years ago um, when we were when we were featured in the Guardian. I thought it was just just really lovely, actually. And big shout out to Molly Blackall, who was the journalist who spoke to us for the piece, which was called The Lockdown Life Changes, Six People on Their 2020, going back, 2020 Transformations from, um, and at the time it was like giving up gambling to um, getting fit and to um, dealing with grief, which yes. is was, was us. It, hilarious when I'm looking back at it, we were the, the top picture as well as yeah. us and our shed. Yeah, if anyone doesn't know our story, I'd recommend people go back to our first ever episode just because we, yeah, 
I mean, not it'll be terrible. It, not going to go into it again, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, we like we do have a bit of a history, and why we started the podcast is probably different to why most people start a movie and TV podcast. But yeah, and just on that note, so Molly um, wrote a beautiful piece and said um, uh, these are her words: the couple wanted to open up to their loved ones about sort of what happened to us, as Mark says. You know, if you want to know our full story, go back to episode one. And she says, also realised they needed to find a way to keep their relationship strong. They created a podcast called The Honeymoon Period. Talk about film and TV, which became lifelines after our twins were born. And I say here, we thought we'd get sympathy listens, Elaine says. I thought most would be Mark's mum downloading it a few times. Which Which it is. It is. (laughs) But just to bring it back round... Recently, we've really seen a, um, an increase in our in our statistics. Yeah. And it's all from all over the world. And we just wanted to say thanks very much. We really appreciate every person who probably starts a podcast, gets to this point and goes, what are these people going on about? Move on. I do remember <laughs> the first time I checked the stats. And at the time, I was checking the stats like multiple times a day because that's what you do. <laughs> it's like when you get your first bank account and you're sort of checking your balance hasn't changed in the past two hours. Um and I saw the first listener from the Philippines and ran downstairs because we were working from home at the time in the middle of lockdown and ran downstairs and we've had a listener that's not someone we know. Do you know anyone from the Philippines? Do you know anyone? Because it, 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 it can't be anyone we know. I still love doing this. I still love spending the time with you just sort of chatting about stuff. It's quite frustrating when we go see a film and then can't record for a couple of days and have to hide our opinions on things when people are actually asking us outright about what we think of films. Uh, they must think we're a bit dickheads when we go like... Yes, I'm act? really sorry we can't talk about it because then we give the game away to each other. Yes. Uh, but yeah, absolutely still love doing it. We think we've got quite a few things planned for coming up. So yeah, um, thanks and thanks for listening. Should we talk about some TV and films now that we're on, less then. serious stuff? <laughs> yeah, go on, let's see if we can lighten it up a little bit. The seat deprivation might just might lift as time goes on. Watching television, watching television. I know that we're going to talk about marriage. Really? The TV show, <laughs> not the. Not oh, it's the that concept. talk. It's that talk, is it? Yes. Um, is th- I know that you've got something else that you want to talk about. Yeah, I just wanted to do an honourable mention for a TV show that I became quite obsessed with. And it's a show that's been on Disney+. Plus. It's called Under the Banner of Heaven. Naturally, it's a true crime. Anyone who's ever listened to the podcast before will know my affinity for true crime. But it's also led by Andrew Garfield, who is just a brilliant actor. I just could watch him do anything. It's a, a fascinating story mixing religion and murder and just ticks every single box for me it really reminded me of the early series of true detective especially series one why are you why are you frowning your head well because there's only one series of true detective that's really oh, i suppose the third series was all right yeah i mean when i mean the early i did say like the early series and i thought what i really mean is the first series, series one not series two but you know there's there's all the things that i love buddy cop relationships, someone having an epiphany about things, weaving a story in and out, a bit of timeline-y stuff. I just loved it and I wouldn't stop watching it. And every, I know. Yes, I know, you know, because every free piece of free time I had, I was just sticking it on my 
um, what's it called? A tablet. Well <laughs> done. Like, I can't remember what it's called. Put it on my tablet and just watching it all the way around. I, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I feel like it's kind of been and gone. But I just loved it. So if you are into your true crime, if you love and quite, a, it's very dark. It, the crime that it focuses on is is really quite hard hitting. But if you love that sort of genre, just go and watch this. It's a fascinating true story. And like I say, that religious element is very, very intriguing for me. So you say this has been and gone, but I've not heard anyone else talk about this apart from you. Oh. No, no. Right? He's, um, I think he's Emmy nominated, Andrew Garfield, for it. but there's yeah. so many more. I'm not going to go through the rest of the cast, but yeah. like Daisy Edgar Jones is in it, Wyatt Russell's in it. It's huge. I mean, if I listed them, I could just go on IMDb. It's like every single one's a winner. So you talk about you talk about True Detective, mm. and the first series of that was obviously quite. I want to say spiritual, but yeah, yeah. is that does that play into this? Well, so when I'm talking about religion, it's because Andrew Garfield's character is a Mormon. The people who have had the crime committed against them are Mormons. It's all about that community. So when I'm making reference to religion, that's really what I'm what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to go into it too much because you haven't seen it and I'll I, never watch it. You'll never watch it. And I I just wanted to shout it out and just say to people that you know if it's gone under the radar, if it's something that you I thought it was spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Didn't see where it was going. Loved the darkness of it. And like I say, the Andrew Garfield performance, a man questioning you know, what he's grown up in, the community he's grown up in, I think is just really riveting. And as you know, I could not stop watching it. Fair enough. Shall we get on to marriage then? Yeah, let's do marriage. So this is the new BBC, almost like flagship miniseries. Yeah, they're doing, is it on a Sunday night that no, they're doing it's, it? it? it was on consecutive nights. So it's all, I, I don't know if it's all aired. Certainly all, I think it's all on the episodes iPlayer are aired, yeah, yeah, four episodes are able to air. It was aired, started last Sunday, then mm. was on Monday. And I don't know, presumably Tuesday, Wednesday, but I right. don't know. Okay. But yeah, uh, starring Sean Bean. And Nicola Walker. Nicola Walker from previously of this podcast. Oh yes, yeah. For Unforgotten. Is yeah, that what Unforgotten. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. And this is a slice of life drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good description yeah. of it. It's from the um, the writer behind him and her and Mum. I've never seen Mum. No, neither I. But I. I can imagine what it's like though. Yeah, you, just from the clips. You introduced me to him and her. Yeah. And like, for a comedy, it's a film. It's one that you are obsessed with a little oh, bit. Oh, totally obsessed. I've never known a TV show be as oddly marketed as this. So you you mentioned this to me before. What did you think marriage was going to be like? I thought this was going to be not so much a sitcom. That's not what I'm looking for. I thought this was going to be far more humour based mm-hmm. because that's kind of how it's presented in the trailer. Like the trailer is all the, not so much the jokes, but like it leads with a, the closest thing they get to a standard sitcom trope is at the beginning when they're on a plane and Sean Bean is moaning that Nicola Walker wouldn't ask in the <laughs> airport cafe for them to make him a jacket potato. potato. Which, yeah. And, that's obviously played for laughs and kind of observational humour. And that's how they lead this trailer and from from the makers of him and her. 
But there's very little else of this in there. Oh, do you mean like there's very little humour? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think the humour comes from those those moments that we recognise. So I really recognise it. I, I have a real affinity with Sean Bean's character. He's clearly someone who likes things a particular way. So when she brings him chips back, even though chips are great, he really wanted a jacket potato. And then he gets obsessed with the fact that she might not have asked if they could do a jacket potato and... He could have, like, I, I know that person, I am that person. And then the entire time, he can't let it go. It just just stays with him. And if you watch through the rest of the episode, he's quite obsessively picking things up as well. So he picks things up off the floor and put everything in its rightful hmm. place, which suggests a character that really needs things structured and maybe feels out of control, so he's trying to control. I, I think you're right. They have chosen particular points, but... Hmm. I don't know, I mean, there's, there's a scene in this first episode where they're in a cemetery, for example. Yes. I you, you couldn't put that in as a clip, could you? You know, you're going to choose the things that are a bit more jaunty, a bit more light, because why? You know, how could you show them sitting in a graveyard, for example, just in silence? But there's a lot of that. Mm. And this, I mean, this is almost like a, um, who's the guy who did Ghost Story? David Lowry. In that it will just, you will just watch someone sitting at a desk for two minutes in yeah. silence. Um, yeah, it's very lingering, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, at one point, so this is Nicola Walker plays someone who works in. Is it solicitors? Solicitors, yeah. Um, she's clearly somewhat senior in the office, but we don't quite understand what the relationship is with her co-workers. Yeah. We've only seen episode one. Yeah, Sean Bean it has recently lost her his parents. And yeah, lost his mum. Yeah, lost his mum, and being made redundant. redundant, So he's struggling to kind of find life, and it's just Mm. this sort of slice of life scene where they are. Uh, They have a daughter who brings around a boyfriend. They have he's going about his day at the leisure centre, but then at one point, the show just completely followed a different character. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I wonder what they're going to do with that. I'm interested to see where that leads to. What do you think? So, like, mm. I've, I think this is excellently acted. Of course, mm. it is because, like, yes. there's screen royalty on screen. Um, James Boland plays uh, Nicola Walker's father perfectly. Oh yeah, it's it's a really toxic parenting relationship. Yeah, and that it, it is perfect. It's perfectly drawn, and you sit there and you just you feel for her in the difficulty she has with with her with her dad and when they went round i was still in the oh it's gonna be a thing oh made a joke about the likely lads and mm-hmm. i did you know oh yeah looking mm-hmm. out the window carefully might see the scar and then yeah oh yeah oh yeah this hit i mean this is i'm gonna carry on watching this yeah. um that's interesting isn't it because the from the sounds of it and we as with all things we never talk about it until we get on the pod from the sounds of it i felt that you were quite down on it but if you're saying you're going to carry on, that slightly surprises me, I think. I just wish I understood what I was getting into when mm-hmm. I turned it on. Um, I'm, I liked it against my instincts. Like, my instincts are, why isn't this what I was sold? Right, okay. It's kind of like when you go into... You leave work, you're off on a night out, you nip into Greg's to grab a sandwich. This is saying a lot about you. This is, the, yeah, well, anyone who listens to this should know, should know me about It's like your dream. Yeah. And, you know, instead of a pasty, you passed a really beautiful meal. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was happy. I'm happy to have that, but it's not what I'm expecting, and it's yeah. not really why, why I sat down to have it in the first place. I I loved it. I thought it was a real movement forward from him and her. I haven't seen Mum, but clearly the writer Stefan Golodjewski, who has, like we say, done him and her, done Mum. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real movement forward. In that him and her was based around sort of younger people. There was, I think, there was more room for comedy there. They're in a flat together. There's, you know, yeah, it, the youth element of it. Mum, obviously, again, we haven't seen. I don't know how many times I'm going to say that, but this is an older couple. This is, a, you know, a couple who've been together for twenty seven years. Who've clearly had some very very difficult times within their marriage and within their their personal life and their professional life, and reaching that point in life where they probably are just hanging around the house, you know, and probably are just going to the leisure centre and not speaking to anyone. And I really feel in terms of age as well, that that middle-aged reference of being unseen, not seen or, or hidden or invisible, that I think that's been spoken about much more now, that it's being, that someone just almost like glides through life and because they're not the big new thing and they're not exciting and young and youthful and arty and creative, you know, that they almost become sort of like, you know, very beige and people don't want to talk to them and there's awkward conversation and and yet they, when we find out in this episode they are carrying so much pain and, and, and grief that maybe if someone did sit down and speak to them, they would be a really interesting person. So I really like that element of it. The 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 plot points really resonate with me. Yeah. Um, as we say, you know, the scene is cemetery, so it doesn't, you know, take someone to put much together to realise perhaps what has happened to them as a couple and how that has affected their relationship. That, that scene in the cemetery was... Um, so true to life and um i found myself very emotionally quite upset by it because it was so real and so realistic and and nicola walker's searching eyes in that she has these eyes that are searching and i know that i know what it's like to sit and go what what like Mm. how how has this happened so all of those things i thought was beautiful it is languid. There were times where I kind of thought maybe if this was half an hour, it would be better. And him and her used to be these shorter yeah. episodes, and maybe that's it. That if it was half an hour, half an hour, you know, then we wouldn't be. I wouldn't have sat, and I was perhaps the same as you, thinking, okay, is anything gonna? It's gonna take place, or you know, are we? Do we have to get to episode two before something sort of? creeps up to cause conflict or you know mm. but it's just so beautifully rendered like every single relationship with the daughter the, the you know the all the things that you do when you've been with someone in a long-term relationship you know talking about the loo and what have you done with your day and and that oh don't you know, that thing of when you know you're going to wind someone up or they're going to wind you and it's like don't make it into a thing don't make it into a thing because you know you're going to make it into a thing and it's going to yeah. become a thing and just I think it's a beautiful piece of piece of writing. It's not particularly. It doesn't make me very happy. And <laughs> it makes me quite sad to watch. Mm. But I, I think it's just like you say, a, a slice of truth. Yeah. And 
I think I'd have to be in the right frame of mind to keep watching the episodes because this could really feel like it could bring you down, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, particularly if some of the, the plot points that we've alluded to are part of your life as well. But it is beautifully done. I mean, it is, like you say, the acting, the setting. I mean, I was talking to you about the house that they live in whilst we were watching the episode and just saying to you, this house is exactly the house that Nicola Walker and Sean Bean, as a married couple with a grown-up child, would be living in. Like, the kitchen was exactly the kitchen they would have, the, the living, you know, the dining room. Just, like, so true to life. So, yeah, it's a strong recommend from me, but I think you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. Yeah, and it's all on iPlayer now, like yeah. you say. So, um, yeah, definitely. We'll come back and let's catch a couple more yeah. and we'll report back at the end yeah I've got some films to talk about and I've got some films to talk about and funnily enough both of us have seen some of those films not necessarily together as per yeah but we have actually seen films that we can talk about together which is very exciting let's go some films Saturday night and the moon is who cares what picture you see when you're your baby let's in the balcony um, so I've got a couple of honourable mentions similar to your TV ones um, I think the moment's passed for Bullet Train now but I went in not expecting a lot and I had a hell of a lot of fun you really this. loved this film you kept telling me I needed to go and see it well, I have not seen it listeners you should I mean I think the trailer was around for a long time and I got sick of it I thought I'd seen everything I needed to see on it mm. I think the trailer does really well in only showing things from maybe the first act of this film. Um, this is such a tight film. It's There is zero fat on this. Um, it's the story of Brad Pitt being a criminal for hire who goes onto a bullet train in Japan to collect a, suit, a briefcase um, full of whatever. Full of whatever? Well, yeah. I mean, it's money, but yeah, yeah. Um, there are other people on the bullet train who want that briefcase, people holding it, and there is a rugs gallery of criminals that are trying to get this, this briefcase. You get, get that from the trailer, don't you? Yeah, there is Aaron Taylor-Johnson, there is Brian Terry Henry, there's Jamie King, and then there is untold, unannounced cameos, which are so much fun. Like, I was creasing laughing when another famous face turns up, and another famous face turns up. The reason this is so tight is a stand, a, just a throwaway comment in the first act will be used in the third act just to come back to and tie together a plot point. It's things that you didn't realise you had remembered come back and are referenced again, and it's so, so good. I This will be in my top ten of the year, I think. It's so interesting because this has had such... I'm not going to say mixed reviews because mm. that sort of suggests that there's some somewhere in the middle it's it's been like some people have said it's once you know terrible and they hated it one star and then other people have been giving it five stars so it's just really like it's been swaying from one one to another i'm really surprised that you've come out you know at the, at the top end i think it's a very mark movie like it's lockstock and two smoking barrels the way you know at the end of lockstock you've seen Lockstock. oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah where all the plot threads that you had come together in one yes, and everyone's yeah. in the same place at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Um, and 
People are saying, sorry to interrupt, people are saying that fun Brad Pitt is fun as well because he's like comedy Brad Pitt. I Did found you find fun that? Brad Pitt to be not very fun <laughs> by definition, but yeah. Did, but did you feel that he was sort of maybe letting loose a little bit and just being a bit more relaxed? And... I, I think, yeah. I think he's, he, everyone's enjoying themselves. And you can tell that Brian Terry Henry was an absolute revelation to me. I mean, I love I love him from Atlanta. I love him from, I don't love him from uh, the Godzilla film. But, I was about yeah. to say that's the last time I saw him yeah. was in the Godzilla film. Um, and, you know, he plays a British gangster. His accent sometimes oh. wanes. But there is a running joke with references that he makes towards a certain thing and just every time you know sometimes jokes can really just like get not funny yes when they're referred to back to again and again and again i mean most of the time i find jokes not funny so i understand yes really works all the way through the film of the references that he makes oh i wonder if i'd hate it i might not get it do you think would you think i would find it hard to get no, I think you'll no, I think I, I genuinely think you'd like this. That's why I've recommended it. Maybe it uh, feels like something like a Friday night movie. It's to definitely catch a Friday up night with. movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a proper like you can watch it on two levels. You can if you watch it just staring at your phone, like, you know, it's fun and people are enjoying themselves and there's some witty banter and blah 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 blah. But like I said, if this is the references that you would miss if that's the case really really it pays it pays to pay attention mm-hmm. to this i'm really glad i saw it in the cinemas and you know i'm really pleased you liked it as yeah. well i've got another thing that i want to mention oh, which right, is got... less known which um... is not okay oh right yes you've talked about this like just in passing so yeah remind us what not okay is about so it's a hulu movie that's gone straight to disney plus in this country um it's the story of zoe deutsch 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 don't know how to pronounce it i'll, I'll go with zoe deutsch Okay. Um, she's a writer working for a kind of clickbait website and a wannabe Instagram influencer. So in order to get a few clicks, she fakes being invited to a writing retreat in Paris. Uh, she gets a green screen. She hides in her apartment for a week and takes like photos of her in front of a green screen Eiffel Tower and in front of a green screen Arc de Triomphe. And then she goes to sleep one night and wakes up and do you remember when we were in Las Vegas? I do. And we, oh, I know we mention this every week, so everyone will be really sick of this. But Which one? First the, time. First time. We mm-hmm. got in, we fell to sleep, oh and we woke up, yes. and there had been a fire been on a the fire. strip, and the strip had been evacuated. Like it was opposite, directly opposite yeah. our hotel. We could see, like, yes, we could the burnout, yes. yeah? And your mum had been getting in touch all night, Trying to get, she? yeah, work Checking out the we <laughs> Well... She does a similar thing. She wakes up and something has happened which m- makes the news there. There is there is an attack on Paris, essentially. That's, we can't, let, what what it, it happens in the first act of the film. And so she, because people know that she's in Paris, she becomes a bit of a spokesperson for the oh. survivors of this. Okay. I'm going to read you the, the warning that comes up at the beginning of the oh, film. God. Right, yes, go on. Content warning. This film contains flashing lights, themes of trauma, and an unlikable female protagonist. That's okay. that's a disclaimer that comes up on Disney Plus when you put it on. Right, okay. I'm not sure how I feel about that. This film should be awful. But it really tiptoes the line of decency and it stayed on the right side for me. I'm sure loads of people will hate this, but seeing someone like she is a she is a horrible person. She goes to 
she's doing everything for clickbait. She goes to support groups. She goes to, but she goes to support groups to try and work out what she should be saying to people and stuff like that. And she, of course, what always happens, you know, she, she meets people who are also in this situation. And obviously you can probably write where the film goes. The real star of this is a another influencer she meets who has gone through a similar but not identical um, situation uh, played by someone called Mia Isaac. It's her second role. I've not seen her in anything else. She is an absolute star in this. Um, absolutely stands out, head and shoulders above everyone else. But yeah, this is... I found this a lot of fun. It's not going to be in my top ten of the year or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it's really well made. And, like... Disclaimer, you may very well hate this film, but I enjoyed it. And I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's worth watching. Okay. Um, if you can put up with knobheads in films. I, fair enough. I, I mean, most of the time. Yeah. What do you want to do next? Do you... Can we do Prey next? And then can we do Nope? <laughs> yes. And then can we add a spoiler section onto the end of the pod after we do Nope, we can. to talk about Nope in a way that allows me to say what I want to say. Yes. Is that okay? I think that's the best way to... I've been thinking about this as we've been recording. That's probably the best way of doing it. Yeah. So I just don't think I can do a review of Nope without going into what actually happens in it. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. So pray. Pray. Let's come by. pray just to make it today. All I do each night is pray. Oh. Hoping that I'd be a part, part of, of you, you again someday. A part of you. Okay, let's move on. Let's come by Dan Trachtenberg. Previously, of Field Lane, just talked which, to him for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> which I absolutely love. Yes, I loved it. Good. Um, and the latest film in the Predator franchise. How many? Yeah, it feels it feels like you've just done a massive spoiler there, but I think we can no, kind of go for it. I don't no, think no, so. I, no. But you know how it was kind of it was marketed as like something slightly dirty. I think Trachtenberg in particular, and I've listened to podcasts with people interviewing him did not want anyone to know it was a Predator film until they went and saw it. And I think was a little bit disappointed that it was the game was given away. You can't but get away even with that in now. those first um when we first saw the trailer for it, that's which kinda of came out of nowhere, I didn't realise. Everyone was going, Oh my god, oh my god And of course me, you know, sitting there going I have no idea why everyone's getting so excited. Why the three dots are... <laughs> Yeah, I haven't got a clue. So, You've seen you... Predator. Well, this is the thing. I have seen it. Can't really remember anything about it. It's not one of my sort of You films watched it with me, didn't you? Childhood. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it together. Okay. But it's never stuck with, like, Aliens, for example. It's a film I've watched loads and loads of times, and I know all the dialogue and that sort of... But I know many... There's many men in my life who... I know Predator was like a really big deal for them in their youth. Yes, yes you can hello. Hand yes. It, yeah. But it just never was for me because I didn't see it at that time. Mm. So I enjoy I enjoy I always enjoy sci fi. I always yeah. enjoy that sort of thing. And Arnie was in the original, wasn't he? And all of that sort yeah. of stuff. So yeah, fine. Um but it just hasn't really really sat with me, so I don't have that emotional sort of tie to it. I mean, I loved the first Predator, unashamedly, like, five-star film. I think it's the perfect... Like, there's there's no... There's no, like, romantic subplot in it. There's no... It's just big, muscly boys shooting is, is aliens. Is there a wrestler in, in 
Is he called... Let me see if I can get some marriage points here. Yes. Um, is he called Jesse Ventura? Yes. And did he become some kind of politician? He became governor for the state of Minnesota. Wow. And so you've was got... he a wrestler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah so you've got, actually got two governors, two, two state governors in that film. Wow. Yeah. So many points. Have you seen any of these sequels? No. Okay. Oh, well, I will have caught, like, Aliens vs. Predator on... A late night, you know, when you're sitting and you're I've going never seen to, those yeah, films. I've, I don't consider I think, them. La, canon. I think I quite like when Lance Henriksen sort of pops up. You know, he always pops up in these sort of things. I and know. No, yeah, he's, yeah. he plays Bishop in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. Aliens. He's I like that sort of when they try and sort of shoehorn in people from earlier. Yeah. Anyway, I don't mind those. I know this sounds, but you know how I love a terrible sequel. Yeah. So I don't mind those ones, but I can imagine that if you were a, a a, a perfectionist in the world of Predator, you would absolutely hate those sorts of films. I have more than I have more love for Predator Two than most people, but it's not a good film. Um, there is Predators, which was that meant is to be like a reboot, sort of. Yeah, is that um, Shane Black. N- have I got the name right? Shane Black did uh, the Predator. Oh, okay. Predators. I might. I might be getting this the wrong way around. Okay. Actually, now we got me question myself. Mm. Predators is Adrian Brody. Um, okay. And the Predator. I've not actually seen the Predator. I gave up on it by that point. I've given up on the franchise. But we have got a a a real real change in the mood of this in this film. Yeah, you're right. The Predator is Shane Black. So yeah. I don't know who did Predators. Who starred in the... Shane Black starred in the first Predator. Oh, did he? And right. then, yeah, as an, as an actor. And then obviously has become someone Part behind the, the scenes yeah, of Hollywood. Yeah. So, but this is a very different movie, isn't it? The, I mean, for a start, it's called Prey yes. rather than Predator. I quite like that. And where where the setting is completely different. We're going back in time. Um, to is it the seventeen hundreds? Am I right in thinking? Yeah, thinking that about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. somewhere around there, and we are following a completely different set, set of people, and we've got a, a female protagonist, which is just amazing. So lots of ticks already mm. in terms of just moving the predator franchise. If you see this as part of it, mm. to a to a different place. When I so I'll say it out, I love this film. Um, I think it is nearly perfect, and I think I'll. I've got a couple of things that I really need to say about it. But Amber Mid Thunder, who is the female protagonist, is an absolute star. I mean, yeah, she's agreed. been she's been in bit parts in other things. I mean, I think she was in a couple of episodes of Banshee. Um, I think oh, oh Banshee, <laughs> Klaxon for Banshee. Yeah. We'd mentioned Banshee. She was in Legion as well, which I absolutely hated. But I kind of, I kind of. She's she's got um she's got like, these eyes, this yeah. set of eyes are so piercing mm. and I remember that from, from Legion. But it's it's such a slow build this. You you think that the predator is gonna come and like it's gonna appear in act one. It's it's quite far down the line that it appears and you get a couple of like false starts of you expect it to the predator have been involved earlier, but you later find out it's not. Um it's such so well made. It, the cinematography is absolutely beautiful. beautiful isn't it it yeah. remind, really reminds me of like the Revenant, mm-hmm. uh, the way this is filmed. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't shy away from being really, really fucking violent as well. Which I think it has to. If you've got 
I mean, the entire storyline in all these films is it's hunting. Yes. <laughs> so you've you've got to have that, haven't you? You've got to have a moment where the predator, whoever that is, because yeah. there's lots of different predators in mm. this film. That's what, what I really like is the lyrical nature of it, that the predator isn't necessarily the predator monster, for example. You, there's a lot of subtext about prey versus predatory. But you, if you're going to have a film about hunting, you've, you've got to see the terrible consequences of when someone is hunted. Mm. So you're right, you've got to have that. And there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of gore um, and the way people are killed it is really quite violent. What I could do without, there are, there are some cute references to the other films. And then there are some, hey, did you get that? Did you get that reference? I didn't. <laughs> you turned to me at one point and went, oh, I hate that. I hate that. And there I was is, like, I didn't even know it was a reference to an earlier film. There is a quote from from the original Predator, which is repeated in this. And that is just just that other side of the line mm-hmm. for me. It takes it too far and it takes me out of the film. Um, one thing I will say is, which I didn't think, I've not seen anyone else mention, Stick to the end of like the stylized credits, yes, yeah. Um, because there is something there that you need to see. Yeah, so, something occurs. Yes, it's it, it, almost like a. It's um, not a mid-credits thing. No, but, but it's it's a plot point is mm, contained within those credits. And those credits are beautiful as well. So watch yeah. the end. I mean, we watched all the way through because I was really quite enchanted by the the beautiful end credits. Mm. And then you're right. We were like, oh, yes. oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there are. I, I want. I, I really want to go into spoilers, but I we know. can't. We can't. And it's not. I don't think there's enough to justify a spoiler mm-hmm. session on this. But yeah, there are things which appear in other films, um, and it just really nicely referenced mm-hmm. here and there. Um, if you see the camera linger on something for a little bit too long, then yeah. you probably could work out what they're going to yeah. be, even if you're not familiar with the with the original film and its sequels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolute absolute star making performance. Her brother, played by Dakota to Beavers, is. Really, really, it's his first film role as well. Yeah, yeah and I didn't know that. he comes across so well in this. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, um, action, but also empathy and a lovely relationship between the two lovely of them. Relationship. Yeah, yeah, um, literally four and a half stars for me. This film, mm. I, I really, I will watch this again and again. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, it's so well made. It's so beautifully shot. It's such a shame that this isn't in cinemas. Uh, and as I understand it, that's a contractual thing that if it was to be put in cinemas, it wouldn't be part of Disney as part of the takeover. It'd have really? to go on HBO Max rather than on Hulu oh, and Disney Plus over so here. I'm confused by it all. It's such a shame. And it clearly wasn't the intention of the filmmaker in, in yeah. the interviews that I've listened with Dan Trachtenberg and um, with just the general discourse around it. It's clear this was not meant to be on, on a small screen. But hey, at least it's not um, Batgirl. No, that's true. Yeah. Um, films being being cancelled even when they're uh, when they're finished mm. or part of, or just about to be for you know in that um, post production stage. Yes. As Batgirl, you see, I didn't know anything about Batgirl. I didn't even oh. know there was a Batgirl film coming out. But now I know that there isn't one coming out because yes. they've scrapped it. Mm. Can I tell you what I think of the film? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Because. <laughs> um, Rob from the movie Robcast also asked this question and I, I batted him off by going, I can't say anything about it because we need to record a podcast and all that sort of rubbish. I thought it was okay. And I realised everyone's going to be like, what, Elaine, what? Maybe I just don't have that 
background, like I say, emotional connection with Predator. I think that maybe if I saw it at the cinema, I would feel slightly different. I've got it at sort of like three and a half stars, maybe a low four, because I found myself looking at my phone quite a bit. We watched it in parts, didn't we? We um, we Just, stopped yeah. halfway through, and, and that, I think that didn't help. I could have I could have watched it in a one, which mm. I think was key for me. And it was you yeah. that you, you said, "Oh, should we?" I think should, we're tired. Yeah, yeah but yeah, we just book- I could have watched it in a one. And I, I think yeah. environmentally, if. If I'd seen it at the cinema, if I'd seen it all in one go, if we were sat together and it was just right, let's let's be immersed in this film with that beautiful cinematography. I think I would feel very di- not very differently, but I think I would you know be a little bit more positive towards it. I, I found some of some of the action uh, there was a little bit of contrivance every night, you know, as to how things worked out. Maybe I wasn't following it quite as quite as much, and maybe those previous predator references just well i knew not maybe they just they just weren't there for me yeah so the what the, i didn't get that nice knowing or you know that glow you get when you're like oh yeah, yeah i got that um all the things that you've said i'm not going to repeat them because i agree agree with it but just not quite as super duper like i don't think i'd watch that again but that's not to take away from the fact that i thought it was beautiful beautifully made um it just wasn't not my cup of tea but just wasn't something that I'm. I don't. I don't think I'm going to be drawn back back to it. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Might be wrong. You never know. You are. But um, <laughs> can we talk about nope? It's too nope. I can't believe that we've managed to not talk about nope for quite some time. It's over a week now, isn't it? Because you went to see it the day that it came out in yeah. in the UK. It's already been out in America for quite a while, which I didn't realise until you told me that, and also reviews of nope started coming out on all the American podcasts, all the American review podcasts that we listened to. And then I got really annoyed because I had to just archive them and pretend <laughs> that they weren't there. Because typically we will go and see a film fairly fairly early on. Yeah. I mean, you will. You in, in particular, if there's something you want to go and see, you will see it the day it comes out. You'll arrange things. Yeah. To, you know, you'll go on an evening or on a weekend, the first weekend. And then you, because you, you love to do the same thing as me, which is like get the podcast on, listen to other people's reviews. That's our way of relaxing, really. So you you went to see it first, but then I went went to see it pretty swiftly afterwards because it's Jordan Peele, yeah. Uh, he of Get Out, he of of Us. It's Daniel Kaluuya. It's just like it's Keith Keith um, Keith David. Keith David. David, not David. Keith yeah. David. Um, Michael Wincott. Who, whose voice is just amazing, but also he's just he he's just such a such a presence. Kiki Palmer, who I do, didn't know. Okay, okay. Uh, but I've heard from various other pods that mm. she's been around for quite a while. I'm really glad that she's getting the attention that she's got in this. And Stephen Young. And Stephen Young, yes, from yeah. Walking Dead yes. and Minari. Mm. Um, what so, your thoughts? Sorry, spo- no. Let's this is let's be spoiler free. Spoiler free for now. Spoiler free for yeah. now. Let's talk about the plot mm. as much as we can. As much as we can. This is the story of um, a black family living just outside the Hollywood system in California, in Los Angeles, who undergo a change in their family circumstances. I think it's safe to say. One night, look up at the sky, see something move, and this, this is the story of them trying to get a photo of that. Mm. I think is that. Yeah, fair? I think that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, th- I don't think that gives. Too much away. And certainly the trailers gave away more than that, which yes. is actually I'm really annoyed about. And <laughs> you you spent a long time not looking at the trailers or yes. putting your fingers in your ears or 
averting your eyes. <laughs> I put headphones in whenever yeah. it came on, and yeah, because you said uh, trying to avoid yeah, it. Yeah, because I watched one and uh, was gutted, absolutely mm. gutted, because I thought it, it didn't actually. Now that I've seen the film, but I really thought it gave the whole game away. I would have preferred to have gone into this film knowing only what you've just said. I wish I'd had that experience because I think as it unfolds, it would give more and give more and I would be like, whoa, right, we're going here. Or, you know, but because I was waiting for it to happen. Yes. That was um, a show. And some of the images in the trailer as well, I was waiting for them to come on the screen and that's mm. always annoying when, when that happens. Do you want to go you're, first you're or... Not, you're not sure what... Yeah. Do you want to go first or should I? Oh, you, you go. You go. <sighs> oh, Marky. I You're not think, convinced, are you? I think this has one of the sloppiest first acts that I have seen for a long time. Um, and I don't know what put me on the back foot, but... There are so many jumps that are made in the plot of this in the the way that I don't expect from a Jordan Peele film. I have read reviews, and I'm going to shout out a review, which mm. is by Walter Chow um, from the Film Freak Central website, that I, I don't know why this happened, but he is specifically calling out Jordan Peele for believing his own bullshit, saying when you have such a... when you have such hits and such industry changing hits you stop taking advice you stop giving a second read to your scripts and you stop listening to people i'm not sure that's that's what's happened here but the first act of this is so so sloppily written it just didn't work for me people just take massive leaps from one thing to another and in the way that no one would in real life and i just could not i couldn't get along with it having said that it rescued itself for me in with the with the third act that I think is visually stunning. And even if I'm not quite there with the storyline, I think the third act set pieces really, really, really came off for me. But this is really sloppily made, and I really, really disliked the first half of it. Um, I think there are things that, and I want to touch upon this in spoilers, that do not belong in this film that are really, really good scenes, but are completely misplaced. And I, I'll i give it a passing grade. Like, I think it's three stars, but it's a real disappointment for me, considering I didn't like us as much as, any, as, much no, as a lot I, of people. No, I didn't, yeah. I found it very hard us and to I, get along with. I I feel like a lot of people are saying that now, but, mm. but and I didn't, didn't feel like the, the place time, when I, no, when I no. watched it. Yeah, it feels like we've sort of re, re-gone, yeah. Hmm. There is... There is a comparison that has been made with another filmmaker. Yes. That's thinking yeah. about this. Um, yeah, I have a lot of feeling that. around this mm. for different reasons than people are saying as well. Okay. Um, but we I think that, that probably yeah, rolls around spoilers. You look crestfallen by that review. I'm not crestfallen. I'm I'm expecting it. I just got the sense when you came home that you had a lot to say yes. and that you had things that you really wanted to talk about. Whereas I came home bouncing, thinking this was brilliant. And really? I still think it's brilliant. But I think I think it's brilliant because I put all of those things to one side. I know there are plot holes in this. I can imagine that you would feel that there are bits that belong in other films. But I just really enjoyed the ride. 
and I, I, there's, there's horror in this that it, that I think is just beautiful to think about. So I've come away really engaging with people's reviews, really thinking about what it all means. And I love that about films. I love dissecting them and overanalyzing them. And with, let's compare with Prey, I'm not sitting dissecting and analysing that film. I've watched it, I've thought, oh, that's a good film, and then I've not thought about it again. But with this, the reason I'm enjoying it so much is because I'm dissecting in my mind, oh, what what does he mean by this? What does he mean by that? I can see on your face that what you're going to say back to me, I'm going to I'm going to guess it. What you can say back to me is that you shouldn't have to be doing that. The film should be saying no, 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 that's... what it says and you shouldn't have to be putting threads together and that's... making things up as to what peel means. But okay. that's what I enjoy that, doing. That, that's not my feeling. Okay. Um, my feeling is that I think with us and Get Out, and I'm going to compare them because they, like you need to... like. Well, it's, it's the same, it's yeah. History, it's same, yeah, it's it? his yeah. history, so you shouldn't necessarily compare them, but it, it you need to. Um, I think the re- the the themes of that were so upfront, whereas in this they are buried underneath the plot a bit more. I think they are less yeah, obvious. Yeah, I I agree, and I think that's there why I like are, it. And I, but I think there are scenes where, which are complete non secretaries in the film. And I am just spent looking, going, why is that in there? What's he trying to say with this? Rather than, und- rather than, rather than enjoying the film, um, uh, it's for me. There is there is a there is a flashback in the middle of the film, uh-huh. and I don't think that's a, I don't yeah. Are you talking about the flashback that's also at the beginning of the film? Yes. Right, oh, right yeah. okay, just so I've got context. And for me, that completely took me out of the film because I then spent, think, what the fuck is this trying to say? Oh, I think that's the best bit. I, I think, it's, so the best, I think yeah. it's the best scene in the film, mm. but I don't think it played any part in there. Put it, the, it belongs at the beginning of the film, but for me, it took me completely out of the film at, with the that's placement of that. Fascinating because I think thematically it's beautifully done, and I really like that discordance. That you know that oh wow right we're going here and what does it mean that we're going here and I'm structuring a book at the moment, so my brain is very much about right where do you place things and how do how does that feel to your audience and I just loved it. I really enjoyed the fact that it was so not what you anticipated. Oh, I, I want to shout out about what I want to say, but yeah, That's right. I don't. Here. I don't think we're going to agree, and and yeah. I wouldn't want to change your. You know, I'm not going to try and say, "Oh, come over to the dark side." No, no, no. There are pl- plenty of reviews I've listened to where I've gone, "Wow, okay, I I totally get where you're coming from. I know the filmmaker that you're clearly going to talk about in in spoilers. Hmm. I understand all the plot um, holes, and you know the the pacing issues." But I just, I just kind of was able to wave them away. And sometimes with films, I'm not able to do that. But with this particular one, I don't know whether I just enjoyed it just so much. And I was so into the, oh, what does this mean? I remember I watched that first scene and I was like, oh, wow, this is going to, this is so different. This is going to take me on a ride and I'm going to have to work really hard. And maybe I was just in the mood to do that. Okay. 
Okay. So what? I'm, I'm saying this is a three star film, mm-hmm. which I know that doesn't sound like I am giving yeah, it a three yeah, stars, but yeah. I think the the final set piece, which we're not going to touch upon at all on this, is is genuinely stunning and a, a different example of what I've seen on here. But there is so much bullshit in between it that I I, I can't give it higher than that. Um, I think I'm around about a four and a half. I, I'm not a full five. I, I probably I mean, could be. I could probably be pushed. I think I need four and a half is bullet train territory. <laughs> it's, uh... um, are you going to bring up um, Inside Out? No, I wasn't chance? going to actually. Yeah, yeah long time yeah. listeners of the pod will know that Mark is still haunted by the fact that I gave Inside Out four, four stars. stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm quite. That, but me, I, I might have been. And then I listened to lots of people's reviews and I think that that's kind of brought me down a little bit, which I'm a bit sad about. And I do see the problems. I I wasn't taken quite so much with some of the visual imagery towards the end of the film. I found myself thinking, I'm not sure that works. And also it wasn't the visual representation of something that, that really sits with me. Mm-hmm difficult to talk about without you know yeah. that sounds like complete rubbish but i'm trying to be delicate for people who haven't seen mm. it but yeah I'm, I'm about a four and a half i think i, I just really liked it i'm, I'm glad you did i'm yeah. genuinely glad you did because i don't hate this film no no and, no I, i'm not I'm, getting that vibe from i'm you. not angry i'm just disappointed mm. yeah mm-hmm. um and yeah well you seem to have had a really good time with like your bullet train the one about being in france you okay? Is that it? Not okay. Not okay. You okay, hon? Yeah. And then pray. You've had a really good run, haven't you? And yes. I think maybe this one's just kind of like, not, for, not, not feeling for, it. Not for me, Clive. Nope. Shall we go into spoilers? Yeah. So, um, massive, massive spoilers for Nope. Do not listen to this if you haven't seen Nope. If you, if you at any point want to enjoy this film, you do not want to know any of these things. But we're going to talk about it for people who have seen it and who maybe want a bit more of a deep dive into mm. what we thought with us being able to say words that we couldn't say five minutes ago. So, spoilers for Nope, coming up now. So, the Shyamalan comparisons. Mm. And all the way through, I mean, obviously, there's a science you, comparison. Were you thinking of that yes. all the way? See, Absolutely. I did, I, and I feel like a fool because I love the M. Night Shyamalan films, um, we've had a long-running discussion about The Village, which I love and you hate. And you will always mention that as a an example of me not... Not, knowing not understanding I'm, anything. Not understanding anything. No. Well, you like yes. The Village. Um, I can't watch The Sixth Sense because it's just the scariest film I've ever seen in my entire life. But I really do love Signs and The Village. I'm not keen on the happening but and later once that he's done like the visit yeah um, i've not really seen good, the visit yeah really really good um i and i feel a bit daft because i didn't pick up on those compa- you know what i was thinking though i was thinking spielberg all the way through. i was thinking jaws i was thinking close encounters i More really felt yeah yeah i yeah. was i was really thinking spielberg and i thought oh i'm being really clever with my spielberg thoughts and then everyone came along and said oh it, it, it's um night so the comparison to me obviously is science but the thing for me is after the sixth sense and to a lesser extent unbreakable everyone went into the next m night Shyamalan film waiting for that twist where's the twist yeah and signs doesn't really have a twist 
Um, and I think this, after Us and after Get Out, everyone was looking for the, oh, the big themes. And I think there are themes, there are mm. social commentary themes there, but they are a little bit under the surface. Yeah. And I think that's why, what that's why it took me out of it. Mm. Because if you have the gaudy scene just comes out of nowhere, comes out of nowhere when we're talking about horses and then all of a sudden it says Gordy and we're transported back to the mid-80s or whenever it was. Yeah, the 90s, yeah. And why am I watching an orangutan, or is it chimp? Chimpanzee. Chimp, yeah. Chimpanzee, uh, ripping someone's face off. Oh, well, I mean, that's yeah, what I happens. Yeah, I know, I know, but... Um, and, yeah, and so we're, I'm immediately thinking, okay, so why is this here and what is... Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele trying but to say with there's this. A, there's a link, there's an animal welfare theme, but there's also the theme of you can't control sentient beings. But why is that in the middle of the film? Because it then goes straight into Stephen Young having his little show. Yeah, I think that's why it's and there. I, I think it's really clunky, the fact that it's... I, I, I found that really clunky. I think you, it it's reminding you of what's happened to Stephen. So you're really getting it, the view of this child who's been completely traumatised, who's almost like really trying to relive... You know, as an adult, as a child performer, he's he's trying to relive and trying to build and and he's clearly got some sort of connection with the you know the ho- he's been he's been getting the horses from next door from yes. Daniel and Kiki and he's been essentially feeding the horses to this you know and now he's got a new show around this spectacle and so yeah but then I'm on I'm on such a back foot at that point mm-hmm. where I'm like well why is he why is he showing this show that would like absolutely change the world mm. to like a local a few okay, dozen yeah, idiots from the yeah. uh, local um, from the <laughs> local theme park. Yeah, okay. I would be getting the press down, and I'd be yeah, making this shitload of money. Know. And Oprah. Um, yeah. There is obviously a lot of commentary about the use of animals in mm. films in this, and I don't know whether that's whether that's subtext for another thing or something like that. But and it's fine to have that comment. But there's a hell of a lot of animals used in this as well. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is he trying to say? Um, I, I think that the scene in the barn is one of the scenes of the year. The thing where you think you, you have think seen you've the scene. I alien. was terrified. As soon as I saw it, I thought, Elaine's oh going to absolutely just, shit us Yeah, I had to look away because I was like, I just can't. I, especially when there's like there was one hiding around the corner and I thought it was going to leap out yes. and I just couldn't look at the screen. It's always fun to see someone punch a child in the face. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> The I best. Did, yeah, I did think I was like, hi, this height. But then... You I see mean, it later on, the, it's got a big bruise on it. Oh, no, I didn't see yeah. it. But the gore of the the whole family and all those people being eaten by this alien monster, I found mm. that really affecting. You know, when you're actually seeing them going up into, like, the bowels of the beast, you know? I I found the gore really, really affecting. Like, the it's horror really, really affecting. I found that... That was the one bit which didn't work for me as part of the spectacle. The spectacle, um, it seemed like someone rolling about in like the tube that we've got for <laughs> for, for Blake. Blake. Yeah, um, and it didn't quite. It seemed a bit Doctor Who rather than okay. Jordan Peele. Right. Um, but yeah, clearly I've heard people say that really worked for them. So fair enough. I wasn't really taken, and this was my my reference in the the non spoiler section. I wasn't really taken by the look and feel of the the space craft slash animal really yeah i know it's beautiful i know it's beautifully rendered particularly when it's got like its big old flappy wings out at the end but i 
I think I would have preferred something that didn't look like a spaceship. I, I know it's meant to look like a spaceship so that they think it's a spaceship, but it's not a spaceship. But I just, and I mean, it it really did look like just a giant orifice. It looked to me <laughs> like um, an orchid or a play, praying yeah. mantis, which yeah, I thought was interesting yeah, yeah, given the yeah. praying mantis okay, earlier in the yeah. film. Okay. Um, oh, well, that's, that makes it a bit But the orchid, actually. obviously, there is... Mm similarities between an orchid and, and other parts other of the parts anat- anatomy of the yes yeah it did and it did just look like i mean i've yeah. just seen jackass forever and there is a, an actual genital monster that oh, runs God, through the street don't. um yeah. but yeah this was probably done better but um probably purposefully so i mean i didn't find it like comedic or anything i just kind of like oh i just i could have done with it looking a bit different i don't know it just didn't it mm. just didn't it's one of those things where like if there was a poster of it, I wouldn't put it on my wall. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it doesn't sort of. Whereas like the barrels from Jaws, I just like love that imagery. And this, and I know I'm going. Where's this ta- come from? I'm very tired, Mark. I'm very, it very tired. It reminds me of one of the Kings of Leon album titles, which is oh, uh, yeah, album, yeah, covers. album covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I can't quite work out which one it is, but yeah. yeah. Um, so the first act. Yeah, why, why do you have such a problem with it? I so, thought it was just really good. I thought that... that sorry, I've asked you a question, now I'm going to Yes, now to you're you. going to tell me why I'm wrong. I re- no, I'm not telling you why you're wrong. It's it's that history. It's, you know, when we talk about themes, and obviously this Jordan Peele theme, he's talking about race, which he, he always um, has, has done in, in his previous films in Get Out, obviously, particularly, but in Us, when he's talking about privilege as well. There, There is this, this story that I didn't know, which is part of the problem, isn't it? of the black jockey who's been recorded and it's one of the first instances of the the moving picture and I've subsequently heard from other reviews that we don't know the name of the yeah. black jockey but they give him a name in this film and they give him a familial connection to uh, I was about to say David Keith why do I always get this wrong Keith David, Keith David. and Keith Barmer and, and and Daniel Kluge so there's there is this this history of of Hollywood and the um the total underrepresentation of black people within Hollywood in whatever, you know, in front of the screen, behind the screen. And that was a very clear, clear theme. And that came out very specifically in that first part. And that, did you not feel that come uh, through? No, or? no, that's, that's absolutely fine. Mm. It's the, oh, there's something in the sky. Right, we're going to have to get a photo of it. And that's what we decided, right? So it's a UFO. So we're definitely mm. going to do this. We're going to spend shitloads of money on equipment. And then we're going to get it on Oprah. And we're going to make our money. Mm. Um, oh, we'll go to the shop. And then, yeah, so do you want us to install it? No. Oh, well, I could do it for you. And then it's the same guy that comes and installs I love it. Him. I think he is brilliant. brilliant. He is absolutely brilliant. What's his name? What's his name? I've got it. I'm, yeah, sorry, I've got it here. But I should put my notes down. Brandon Perea. Uh, as Angel. But then he's he's walking around and he's like, so what the fuck are you doing with the, with the UFOs? And I'm like, have we missed a scene here? But or... he, re- he really likes UFOs. He's like someone who's... But and he's breaking up, broken up from his girlfriend and she's left him. And none of this like, has been <laughs> revealed to him. He like makes four, got, four different leaps and then he he's knows. suddenly part of the little gang. Yeah, I and, like him. Yeah, no, no, it, it just, it was... I like narratively. I think it was really, really clunky, mm, and I, liked it. I expect better from a from a Jordan Peele film. To put it <laughs> put it bluntly, I really enjoyed it. I love that, like getting the gang together, and then Michael Wincott comes. Is it Wincott or Winnicott? Winnicott. Yeah, um, just names all over the shop today. I just love how he he pops it. I could have done with a bit more of him. I could have done with him being cut out of the film. Um, Again, like it, playing a 
brilliantly memorable part, mm. but it like plays it plays no 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 yeah it's 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 a it's a vanity <laughs> thing like absolute it. luxury putting him in there yeah. and then he just tries to take a photo and then he's got his little hand camera yeah well he's all about like the and old school he, camera and... and then he sacrifice yeah but is this yeah yeah but and he's it's... not well isn't he there's a, like a shot of him taking some drugs and I think he's like at the end of his life sacrifices and then himself and, and, well the, you didn't yeah. get the shot anyway did you pal um no I just nah Failure on that. I, I just couldn't. I, I love Michael Winnicott from what? What, uh, what was the film we saw him in as part of this? And I, um, he plays a big baddie in it. And oh, he's the crow. The crow. That's it. Yeah. He's also in Alien Resurrection as well, which I always remember him for. I know you just you've just looked at me like that. Well, that's a, a fact that no one cares about. I went and saw Alien Resurrection, uh, and then immediately left the cinema and went queued up to see Blair at the Hollis Arena. Blair or Blur? Blair. 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 <laughs> Tony came around and yeah, uh, Prime Minister it. Tony Just at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, t- yeah, I was about to say something probably slanderous, <laughs> slanderous <laughs> then. So, uh, yeah. I try not to do that That's when we're very tired. Um, yes. D- I'm I'm really glad this worked for you and I'm really glad you got I mean, a lot it, of it. It clearly doesn't, doesn't work when you when you dig into it. So I totally get that. And I'm not saying that anything that you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying... Thanks. <laughs> I'm just saying that I was able to hand wave it. I was able to let it go. And you know what? Like, it's... There are things... There are films where I've been able to let it go. Mm-hmm. And there are films where it's not worked for me. Yeah. Like The Batman. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, if you go into it a different mood, then different things, you know, <laughs> care. But, yeah... I think it was solid. I think it's probably my least. <laughs> I think it's my probably my least favorite of his films. Um, I'm get out that nope, and then us is my my list. Okay, I'm get out us this. I think he's good, <laughs> which which means he's going for the village next, which um, oh, yeah, yeah. which is going to be really bad and a really mangled mess uh, social message. Can I explain why I hate the village? Just oh, I mean, you have done before. You what's to no, stop but I've you thought now? about this a lot recently right. because I knew this was going to come up as part of this. My problem is it builds towards the twist, mm-hmm. but the twist isn't revealed to any of the characters, so it's just essentially That's like the whole point. No, but it's not because if you if at the end of the sixth sense, just a a big title card came up goes. Bruce Willis was dead all along. It wouldn't be as good because the fun is seeing Bruce Willis react to that. Whereas Bryce Dallas Howard goes, climbs over a fence, and oh look, it's modern times. Climbs back over. It's it's it. This is the quintessential poochy dad on the way to his home planet. I like it. It's a film about trauma. It's all about trauma. They've all been traumatized. A lot of them have had like, and obviously resonating now. A lot of them had child loss. And there's this group, this bereavement group of traumatised people and they just wanted to build a different world for their families. And that's even before what happened to us. That totally speaks to me. And therefore, I don't need Bryce Dallas Howard's world to be turned upside down. I need her to go back into her own world and defeat the monster and be the hero. Okay, well, in that case, then the twist means absolutely nothing to you. If, no, if the twist if the twist wasn't in there, then what you said is nothing to do with like it build. I I, I think it spends the entire film building towards the twist. Mm, yeah, and the twist is just com- 
complete. No, it, no, it isn't. No, the twist. The twist gives. Well, it's information. The it, you're given information to understand why this community exists in the first place. I wish I was building. I wish I was going to build a community <laughs> where that film didn't exist. It's his, however, better than Lady in the Water. I've never seen Lady in the Water. Oh. I, we could probably do a hate watch on that one. There. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like really like doing hate watch. I'll probably end up loving it. You know that. I probably will, given that I love the village. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Adrian Brody, who I, fi- I find I've got questions around that performance. I don't think that performance would go ahead nowadays. I agree. I think I would find that having um, with a child with disabilities, I would I would find that very difficult. <laughs> Um, a difficult representation of learning disabilities. Yes. Yeah. I would have things to say, I think. You know, if I was going to put my family in a thing, I wouldn't bother resetting the clock. I'd just say, look, it's... it's 20, Are you still going on about 20, the village? It's 2023, and um, yeah, because you don't know any different, so I can just carry on calling it 2023. What are you going on about? Well, why so bother? You're telling me, you're not going to tell me that the that time Well, look, you'll moved. be on it, but... I'm not in on it. I'm yeah. not doing it. I'm happy for the world to turn. I'm happy in modern times. Are you just saying that you're you're just going to build like the rest of our family? If I was going to, I wouldn't bother going to the thing of resetting the date back because there's no need to reset the date back other than to. No, the whole idea is that you're going back to simpler times where you don't have television and you don't have you know. And that's absolutely and you're, fine. You're protecting from like from po- politics and war and. But you, you don't know? have to say you can just do that now. <laughs> <laughs> and say, look, this is the way it is, and not say, oh, it's 1853 or whatever year they <laughs> pretend it is. I hate that film. We've now turned into the Village podcast. Bonus Village spoiler bonus, special. Bonus content. I think we've probably spent more time on this than anything I know. else. You know how we're talking about when we're getting loads of new listeners? Yes. They've we've gone got rid of gone now. They've yeah. gone now. No yeah. more Philippines. Th- thanks very much. <laughs> thanks very much, everyone. We're really sorry. Yes. It was good while it lasted. No one's listening. No one's listening anymore. <laughs> right. Should we, right, come on. Should let's, we retire? Let's, let's retire. Have you got anything else on Nerp? No. Good. Right. <laughs> did you get the joke? Yes. No. Oh, did, you, no. did, you didn't stop to the end of the credits, did you? Um, of no, no, I didn't. No, I left. Why was I meant to? Because I looked on after credits uh-huh. and it said, "Yep, yeah, something after credits." So I sat there and I waited <laughs> and I waited, and the other people in the cinema all went out. Yeah, and did the and you did know the like person with the bag come in and start like putting proper the, like looking the at you in. like yeah. no 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 because they don't start they just stand by the they doorway and I think at one point they turned on the lights saw me went out oh. turned them off again. <laughs> Yeah, which makes me feel like an absolute prick. And all it was at the end of the credits is a billboard, say, like, not even a billboard, like, mm-hmm. just a, a graphic saying, yeah. Uh, yeah, Liberty's, is it, what's it called? Lib- the the theme park, that Stephen Young's theme park. Oh, um, Jupiter's something or Jupiter's other. Jupiter's, anyway. Jupiter's Claim. Jupiter's Claim. Is okay, now is now an attraction at the Universal Studios tour. But then you got really excited about that, and you told me about that when you came home. Yeah, but I, I really wish I'd not sat there like really. Well, you so you were obviously really into the film. You loved the film so much that you had to sit right to the end, and take every bit of it in. Yeah, I felt I felt. felt well, I'm looking cheated. forward to you um, coming back from Los Angeles with pictures of you with the giant, the giant bum in the sky. But that's uh, face down the well. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to coming to get. I don't you. think I'm gonna have time to go on the Universal Studios tour, unfortunately. Oh, but, that's uh, sad. 
Well, I've got a lot of things to do. I know you've got a lot of things. Um, for anyone who hasn't listened to any earlier episodes, Mark's going to LA next year, so uh, we're, uh, we'll probably be referencing that until the point that he goes. I will be. And, and when he comes back yes. as well. Yeah. Full review of uh, Los Angeles, City of Angels. <laughs> yes. Well, and, re- and wrestling. You've only learned that today, haven't you? I have. Just... I have. I've said that a lot today, though. Yes. Have you noticed yes. that I keep saying it? And then I keep singing the um, Gotham City song that was um, done by R. Kelly. I can't mention that anymore. Um, City of Justice, City of Love, City of Peace for every one of us. Yeah, it, it's been a really hard week, hasn't it? It's been a really long podcast. I've been, um, I've been living in pop culture world to try and uh, try and therapise myself. Therapise? Yes. Is that a word? That is a word today. Right, let's end this podcast now. Okay, thank yeah. you everyone. Thank you for coming. Well, Please come back. Please come back. You can find us at The Honeymoon Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to leave a review on iTunes or a star rating on Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. See you next time. Bye.